Greetings to those watching live. Praise the Lord. Welcome, Grace Church. Praise the Lord. And so, hey, uh, on the baby or child dedication, not too late to sign up and uh, invite your friends and family. What a great time to get family in church. We'll be adding some more chairs to the auditorium between now and Easter and Mother's Day and all that good stuff. Isn't that a good problem to have, just adding chairs and adding people? So uh, thank you for being evangelistic. Continue to invite people out. Uh, I like to say this, come as often as you can, uh, serve as often as you can, and invite somebody as often as you can. Uh, So not that the church grows, but the kingdom of God grows. That's really what we're trying to to accomplish is uh, adding to the kingdom of God. And uh, we're starting a new sermon series, the month of February. It's kind of the love month, and so we're going to talk about one another. And the Bible is really clear on several things specifically, like love one another. Talk about that today. Serve one another. Forgive one another. How many uh, times have you had to forgive somebody, right, in your life? And maybe you're still in the process of forgiving. That's okay. Sometimes we confuse uh, forgetting with forgiving. If you've forgiven it, just write it off. You may not ever forget what, what took place, uh, but that's okay. You know, the Lord will move those things. But I was looking in the, uh, the scriptures just on some things about one another because we're not going to be able to cover them all uh, this week. So I'll read a couple. Five times in John does Jesus say, love one another. And so uh, we'll cover that today. But it also tells us to, Paul tells us to instruct or encourage one another, greet one another, say hi, turn to somebody and say hi, hi to one another, glad you're here, uh, uh, eat with each other, come together and eat. Uh, I love to eat. Anybody else like to eat? This service is always tough for me because we've been up for a while. We generally don't eat uh, too much, maybe a little bite on Sundays. And so I'm always hungry for, like, chicken parmesan today is the family meal. So, no, you're not invited. We only bought enough for, we only bought enough for 11, so you got to, but you can go home and make your own. It's really good. Uh, don't ask Jenny for the recipe. We got to get out of here after in a timely fashion. Why? So we can eat. Have equal concern for each other, one another. Uh, he says, it, Paul says it three more times. Greet one another. Uh, Bible says serve one another. Stop devouring each other or one another. In other words, st- don't gossip about each other, okay? Um, here's a tough one for me. I'm working on it. Be patient with one another. Ah, how many has a hard time being patient with people in your life, you know? Thank you for being honest. Um, Marcus and I were in, and you know, whenever I preach a message, Tom, I preach it to myself first, okay? And it's, it's um, you just, like, shouldn't be preaching it to yourself, you should be practicing it. Well, sometimes you got to preach to myself. I'm human. I've got flesh, and so sometimes things happen. And so I knew I was preaching on loving one another this week, and so Marcus and I were in Houston for a few days Excuse me, we met with some pastor friends. We've known them for 20 years. Great group of people, just humble as can be. And so I took Marcus down with me, and um, we, we got to Houston. It was about 20 miles north of Houston, a little area called the Woodlands, and I asked Marcus to get an Uber. I've never summoned an Uber before. <laughs> That's kind of cool, Uber. Uh, you know, we're, I'm of the age of taxi cab, or sometimes I'll just rent a car. Jenny's like, we just rent a car and just, even if it parks in the parking lot, we just rent a car. We rented a car in Seattle, drove it four miles, parked it for the day at a mall because we didn't realize the mall was four miles away. We could have almost walked. 
<laughs> yeah, forgive me for that. So we get the Uber, and you remember that those commercials um, with the Kia Soul and the like the two rats or the two mice driving it? Yeah, well, that's what shows up, but minus the mice. Omar was the driver, and a uh, cool guy, but uh, Omar's car was full. Like, we started to open the back to put our luggage in there. We, we're staying for three nights, so we each have a carry-on and a book bag. And, uh, and Omar said, no, you, you can't put anything back there. It's full. I was, okay, so... Uh, Marcus says, Papa, just get in the front seat. No more says, you can't put anything up there. You can't get there. It's full. So I'm looking at the car. It's not very big. And so we, and Marcus handles these situations much better than I do. Sometimes I do get a little grouchy, although I don't claim that. Family members. So on the, by this door, we have Marcus's suitcase, and we have my suitcase, and we have a uh, Marcus is like holding his book bag. His book bag's a little bigger than mine, and he's sitting like this. And I'm like right next to him, like this. And I said, All right, squeeze. So we got to squeeze in just to shut the door. <laughs> Literally, like just to shut the door. I can tell you, my patience wasn't very good right then. I wasn't being really patient, and I wasn't practicing love the way I should. And I think about this sometimes when you're in the middle of something that you should be practicing, I wonder if that's not a God thing, right? Like, oh, that devil, he showed up with a small car. No, it's probably, it's probably God <laughs> saying, you need to work on your patience if you're going to be preaching on it this week, son. And so I'm a little frustrated. Marcus says, you, go ahead and sit in the front. And Omar says, you can't sit in the front. And I'm like, this is the first time I've ever been in an Uber. It might be the last time. And Marcus said, well, I didn't, there wasn't a place for like two passengers. And so he's trying to take some of Omar's blame. And it wasn't anybody's blame. And Omar's like happy, you know. And, and so, <laughs> yeah, you got a full seat, dude. <laughs> I'd be happy too with the full seat. I mean, come on. <laughs> I got half a seat. Full ride, pay, full fare though. I mean, so, and so Marcus and I uh, started a conversation with Omar and try to kind of get some background. Are you from Houston? No, I'm from Lebanon. I'm Lebanese. And, and so um, conversation kind of carries. And Marcus said, are you a refugee uh, from Lebanon? And he said, no, I'm a, uh, I've applied for political asylum. And he said, how come? He said, well, I was a political activist over in Lebanon, and I can't go back there. All my family's there, and I came here three years ago to start a new life. And we're kind of like, wow, like, well, how come you're... You know, when you say political activist to someone out of the country and you're in their car, and it's kind of, I was a little alarmed, actually. <laughs> Got ready to text Janie, love you. <laughs> <laughs> Hope to see you on Thursday. And uh, he, oh, she says I don't hold the mic close enough. Uh, so she, uh, Omar was applying for political asylum because he's a political activist from Lebanon because he loved Jesus and they want to kill him. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm mad because I'm scrunched up. And this guy came here three years ago to save his life. He's praying daily for his family. He goes to a large church in Houston. We know of the church. And uh, he got to meet the lieutenant governor of Houston and they're working on his political asylum so that he could you know, continue to do what he does best, and that's love Jesus. And so I thought, sometimes we just don't know 
people's story, do we? You know, we're not, we don't know their background. And we, we run across people that maybe we, you know, we don't like or we have a problem with. And I think the scripture tells in Ephesians, be patient one with another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive one another. Speak to one another with psalms. Now, I don't ever quote psalms uh, to Mike Hager. Mike, where there's unity, God commands the blessing. I love you, brother. I mean, but we should encourage each other with psalms and spiritual hymns and singing, maybe not one to another, but with each other. And it says, submit to one another out of reference for the Lord. And, and so we're going to talk about a few things this month about today will be loving one another. And, and it's easy to love, usually, it's easy to love the person you're hanging out with. It's easy to love people in church or friends, but I think the Lord's going to show us today it might be a different kind of love that he wants us to have one towards another. Let's go to John 13. We're going to read 31 through 35. When he had gone out, this is Jesus. Jesus said, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, and again, he's speaking to his disciples. We'll know that in a minute, but he says little children because he wants to raise up faith, right? And so uh, Jesus says, suffer the little children could come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God. And he says another time in scriptures, unless you have faith as a little child. So he's trying to bring their faith up. He's not putting them down. He's not minimizing who they are in Christ. He's actually maximizing their faith. And so we have to be little children when we come to the Lord. Little children, yet a little while, and I am with you, you will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, in John 7, he tells this to the Jews, now I also said to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment. Everybody say new commandment. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Three times in two verses, he says, hey, love one another. Let's pray for a moment. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your word is alive. We thank you that you're teaching us. We thank you, Lord, that you're blessing us. We thank you that... You've already showed us how to love one for another. Lord, you, you, you're incredible. You're beautiful. And you died for us uh, before we were even come to know you. So thank you. Uh, open our hearts today, Lord, to be able to somehow comprehend how we can love one another as you loved us. Set it in our heart and make it a practice of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. In the middle of Leviticus, if you're starting to read the Bible, maybe just go over Exodus and Leviticus for a moment. Right in the middle of Leviticus, the 19th chapter, the 18th verse, God, through all these do's and don'ts, stops right in the middle and says, hey, love your neighbor as yourself. And we know that Jesus quoted that in the New Testament. In the New Testament, the, you know, the lawyer, Pharisee, whatever, said, well, who's my neighbor? So uh, Jesus gives them the parable of the you know, the um, Good Samaritan. And so we, we learn how we're supposed to love, we're supposed to love one another. And a lot of churches, a lot of people will, will go through, well, there, there's three types of love. We'll talk about it uh, here in a moment. Uh, and, and we want to get a little deeper today. We want to get a little bit further into what love is. But there's three types of love as a rule. And the first one is agape. That's unconditional love. 
And this is a hard love to make because a lot of times our love is performance-driven or conditional. Uh, we learn at a young age that if we, you know, if you take a good nap, you can maybe go to the park afterwards. Or if you eat all of your food, you can have, uh, you can have ice cream or a dessert afterwards. We learn performance. And, you know, if we show up on our job, if we do a good job, that we get to keep our job. Can you say amen? You know, some people don't realize that. You mean, what do you mean? Uh, I'm on the payroll. Yeah, but you didn't show up three days this week. Yeah, but I mean, I meant to be here. No, you got to come and actually work to get a paycheck. And so it's a performance base, but that's conditional, right? It's like not too many people would be in business very long if nobody showed up to work and they just start paying everybody anyways. Now we love you. It's unconditional, man. You don't have to work to get a check here. I want that job. Some said, don't say it. You got that job. Do not say that. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Some of you were thinking it. I know you were. We'll see you at the altar afterwards. It's unconditional love. It's agape. I think Jesus is, is morphing this. He's teaching his disciples, listen, if you want to be like me, this is that new commandment. You've got to practice this unconditional love. And then there's filial love. That's a brotherly love. That's where the city of Philadelphia comes from, right? So it's a, a filial love. It's a love of, of brothers or sisters. It's a likeness of love. It's knowing someone's story. It's being able to share with someone's breaking bread. It's maybe having history together with someone. And so we, we start this story. So I think in this in this particular scripture, the Lord is showing us on how to live unconditional love with, with brother love. I'll give you an example. I'm going to walk around for a moment. Don't worry. I'm not going to put the mic in your face or, or talk too much about you too much, not make you testify anyways. But maybe I will. Who knows? But this is Mike and Lisa on the front row. First time, everybody. Their first time. Moved here from Wilmington. Live in Taylorsville. Marcus introduced me to them. Welcome to Grace Church, guys. I don't mean to call you out, but we need to learn people's stories, right? This is Janie. She's my wife. Best worship leader in the world you're ever going to hear. All right. Yeah. Amen. That's, I mean, that's my opinion, but I go home with her. So, you know, but <laughs> this is Tanya. Tanya works in our coffee shop. Everybody say, hi, Tanya. Tanya started coming to church because Bash, her son, plays football with our grandson, Jonah, and uh, they've been doing that for about three years, and then Jessica kind of hooked up with her. Jessica's our daughter, and she helps with the sound, and so they're, they're friends, like they're connected, and so Tanya's like, I got to come to your church, and that's how things happen when we have unconditional brotherly or sisterly love with each other. Over here, we got Jonathan and Tracy, new people to the church, but look at Jonathan's already serving, like he's got the tag on. He was a greeter today, looking all good. I mean, it's a, and then we got Rhonda and Barry came from California years about 2019, maybe or 18, right before COVID hit. We got Dakota, we got Cameron, we got people in our church that have stories and we're part of their stories, right? Kimberly does hair, by the way. She doesn't do mine, but uh, mine's pretty easy, right? Mary's a drummer. You didn't know that. I didn't know that until they missed me. Yeah, she's a drummer. Drummer, folks. I think, I mean, you got competition there, but we're not talking about competition today because it's unconditional love, right? James and Haley have a story too long to tell, but it's a beautiful story of redemption and how God just works through people in miraculous ways. It's incredible. Sean, he runs a restaurant in town. Although they don't serve food, they do serve other things. Do you still work there? 
Okay, good. I don't want to. I don't want to call you out. <laughs> like, man, I got laid off last week, brother. Uh, no, he's. It's a good place, man. Jake and Michelle just had a baby. Jake's a pilot. Fly, fly Delta, everybody. Fly Delta. Uh, congrats. First time in service. Congratulations. Jake is so cool. Michelle are. Everybody, listen, everybody's got a story. Carlos, Carlos doesn't come half the time, but invites more people to church. And it's like, seriously, how'd you, how'd you know about our church? Carlos, Carlos who? You know, Carlos comes. No, he doesn't. And then Carlos shows up. Well, Carlos is here all the time. Coolest dude in the world, man. I love these guys. I had some cancer on my face and Courtney hooked me up with the doctor like that. Took care of it right away. Thank you, Courtney. Forever grateful. Seriously, thank you. It's our story, right? Your daughter came way before you guys did. Like maybe a year or two, right? Maybe a couple times? Oh, just a couple times. Seemed like a year or two. Man. Doctor. Soon to be doctor. Dr. Sam. Dr. Sam. Dr. Sam. Praise God. No... People's stories. There's Jason and Jessica. They're amazing. And Caitlin. Gary. I tell, Gary's one of our board members. I tell him I love him. Not ashamed to call this brother, brother, and tell him I love him. And sometimes he calls me dad. <laughs> Long story there, but man, I, I don't look that old, I don't think. Tony's back. He was here way before and came back. Love you, brother. Van and his whole family. Just the whole row. So, the Hagers. You can never have a serious conversation with these guys. But I'll tell you what, they'll love you to pieces. They'll pray for you. They'll thank God for you. They'll be there for you. Unbelievable people. Mike B. Kenzer a few years ago. So glad of that. Flavia and Chris, Flavia's parents came over from Romania. What a story. I mean, a real story of just coming to America and finding a new home. Dr. Tom was our dentist forever. Rides a Harley. <laughs> Coolest dude in the world. Looks like Ralph Lauren. Right? Polo. I, don't, I think he sells polo on the side. <laughs> Harold runs Walmart. You don't ever see him around Christmas time because he's working 100 hours a week. But he's here today. James, how the hip surgery go? You're back. Praise the Lord. I mean, we got to get to know David and Teresa, board members. I mean, um, David was a Capitol Police Watch the president. So, a couple times I said, did you dodge the bullet? <laughs> like, never, no, never. David's got a story. Henry and Lisa, I mean, Lisa's our realtor. She had 15 transactions for us in eight years. <laughs> uh, that's not exaggerating. That's true. I pray for her. Pray for me. <laughs> we learn unconditional brotherly or sisterly love because we start stories with people. Right, we start we start this love like Mike and Lisa up here in the front row. You know, I hope they come back, but they watch this online, so they kind of they're getting. Jamie and Jake used to sit up front, and then I saw the front was full today. You guys got to sit back there; it's so cool, and we miss you. But both you got little babies too, so that's really that's cool. Grandparents and parents, and we learn of each other's story. And I think what Jesus is trying to teach the disciples is that our stories can start here but they need to go outside the church. 
that we need this unconditional brotherly and sisterly love with people that maybe we have a hard time with or maybe that we're not patient with or maybe that we come in contact with, but we wonder if, the, like, are, they, are we part of them? Listen, anybody that's human, God wants in his kingdom. There's no pre-selected group of people that they're the elect of God. God wants everybody that all should be saved and come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, right? So we all know people that maybe don't know Jesus like we know Jesus, but they are looking, but they don't know because if there's infighting in the church or infighting in the world and we see what's taking place, that they're like, I don't need that. If that's what that is, if that's God, I don't need that. We need to show them an unconditional love. Then the last one, the third one is eros. That's kind of a, a, a love of the senses, okay? Like I love, uh, a funny story, years ago, uh, Janie's uh, cousin hosted us at her house. I had some business in the area. And so she, uh, she said, let's go out, let's go out and uh, we'll cook out. Let's make a big dinner. It'll be fun. And, and what's Mark like for dessert? Mark loves Brownies with ice cream and chocolate syrup on top of it with Cool Whip. It's, oh, let's get, let's get Mark his favorite dessert. Well, Mark doesn't like that. Janie does. Mark likes strawberry shortcake. Completely different than brownie sundaes. They're good, just not my favorite. And so they're making it up. Mark, we got your favorite dessert. This is going to be great. It's going to be so much fun. I said, oh, man, I haven't had strawberry shortcake for such a long time. What do you mean? I said, strawberry shortcake. We didn't buy that. What did you get? We got chocolate brownie sundae. Oh, so that's Janie's favorite. Oh, she, she said, I thought it was your favorite. No, it's your favorite. But I do like, I like it, but I like strawberry shortcake. Uh, it's a love of the senses. Like, I love strawberry shortcake, or I like filet mignon, or I like, you know, my wife's cooking. I love. And so we use that. But the, the really emphasis on today's message is the love, unconditional love that we have towards each other that doesn't stay in the church, it moves outside the church. And so when we, when we look at that, then we backpedal just a little bit and we say, okay, now Jesus did something a little different with his disciples that wasn't norm for the culture or for the area. Normally, a person, if they wanted to be a rabbi, they would find a rabbi, they would ask to follow that rabbi, and then they would follow. But Jesus says, I've not, I've, you've not chosen me, I have chosen you. The reason he does that, I believe, is because he's still choosing people today. He still wants followers today, in that while he, we were yet sinners, Christ commanded his love toward us, right? He loved us in that realm. So we, so what happens is that when we see Jesus, we should be a reflection of Jesus towards that unconditional love. And by the way, it takes time. It takes practice. We have to work at that unconditional love. We have to, well, maybe you don't. I, let me say, I have to work at that. It's hard to understand God's love for us and be a reflection of that when we've been based our whole life on condition. You know, if I do this, then good things will happen. We're taught that. That's not altogether bad. But when it comes to love inside the church, we have to be able to love outside the church. Now, Jesus says this, by the fact that you love one another. And again, he's talking to the church for a moment. He's not talking to just 12 apostles. He's talking to the whole church. By the way, the way they know you, that you're a disciple, is by the love you have. And so then they'll know that you are my disciples. Stop there for a second. So 
while we were in Houston in the mornings or during my devotion time, I knew I was preaching on unconditional love, which is very difficult to uh, experience, not experience to experience from the Father, but very difficult to practice. So I thought, gee, the Holy Spirit just shows me if you love unconditionally, you become a disciple. So what's a disciple? So I'm going to give you some of what a disciple really is. So while I was down there, I read, and you can write these down if you want, Luke 10, right? Matthew 10, uh, Acts 2, especially the last six verses, and then John 13. So Luke 10, Matthew 10, uh, Acts 2, and John 13. And then I read them out of the uh, New King James Version, the English Standard Version, the Passage Translation, and the Message Bible. So I read them four chapters, four different translations just about every day that we were down there because I wanted to find out, like, what's the benefits? The feature is loving one another. What's the benefit? The benefit is being a disciple, but there's some really cool things that come with the disciple. And I realized in my prayer time and reading through that unconditional love really equates to unconditional favor. How many wants God's favor on their life? Like, I want God's favor financially and spiritually and physically and, and relationally. I want God's favor on my life that if we practice unconditional love with each other and people outside the doors of the church, then this unconditional favor comes upon us. And look at, listen to some of the things that take place. So he, he, we unlock heaven's power by looking at these, uh, reading these scriptures, by practicing unconditional love. And here's some of the things. So then we become healers of disease. Now, God obviously heals, but he works through us in the unconditional love part. And so if we, have, if, we're un, if we practice unconditional love, all of a sudden disease. In fact, God says in the book of Exodus to the Israelites, no disease shall come upon you if you do what I say. And Jesus breaks it down to, you'll, they'll know you're my disciples if you love one another. And so listen, are, are you gonna get sick? Is, is things, are things gonna happen? I'm, I'm not sure. It's all God's plan. It's all God's purpose. God endures. But listen, if you walk in unconditional love, God may work through you to have somebody else healed. You'll actually see dead people come to life. Now, when Janie was in the hospital uh, coming up nine years ago, uh, we realized that there, there was a good chance. They asked, us, they asked me to call in the family, uh, get your daughter here, the rest of the family's here, get your daughter here from Omaha. We're not sure, in the, his words exactly, we're not sure if she'll make it till morning. Well, that's not good. But there's unconditional love in our room, in our house, right? There's unconditional love in our family. And so we started praying. Our daughter flew in. God did a miracle. Janie's here. Can you give the Lord a shout of praise? Because that's what, that's what happens, right? That's a beautiful thing. We were at this conference. Uh, it wasn't really even a conference as much as just a pastor's gathering. The people, some of these pastors we've known for 20 years. And by the way, when Janie was in the hospital, we had uh, those pastors, that group of pastors, hey, do you need me to preach for you? Uh, two, uh, one set of pastors drove 11 hours one way from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, prayed for Janie, turned around, drove 11 hours back just to pray. The Lord told us to pray. That's, that's unconditional love, right? That's like, oh, I'm not too busy. Another one 
called on Saturday morning, willing to get on a plane and fly in just, just in case I needed him to preach that day. I mean, unconditional favor and love. Well, one of the gentlemen that were there isn't a pastor, but he, he, uh, he aligns my time to speak to Pakistan once every five or six weeks. And by the way, thank you. I think, Grace Church, you gave over 2,000 Bibles to Pakistan last year. Uh, what a beautiful... <laughs> What a beautiful thing that is, right? And so he was in a meeting, and I don't know if it was Pakistan or, or Africa, but talk about unconditional love. There was, there was just unconditional love in the there tens of thousands of people that uh, he had uh, lined up to speak to, have one of his people speak to, and a lady came up asking for prayer, and she just had a thumb on her hand. That was it. Okay? And so it was like um, she, wanted, she wanted fingers, that's a big ask. That's a huge ask. And they prayed for her, and, and there was an unconditional love in this whole, like, out, outside venue. And all of a sudden, four fingers appeared on her hand. Now, you might say, hey, I don't believe that. You don't have to believe it. it I believe the guy that was telling because we have a relationship with him. And it's like, this is what happens when God sees unconditional love. People come back whole. People get delivered from disease. People get raised from the dead. Things happen. But here's the other things that happen. You become harvesters. Well, your unconditional love will be an attractional draw to people who come to church. It's like, I want to go to a church like that. I want to go to a church where people actually love each other and can't wait to see each other on a weekly basis. Or maybe you're in a small group or a Bible study. You're looking for a small group or a Bible study. There's an unconditional love there. Why? Because we need to know that we're in this thing together. It's not one person speaking to another. It's all attractional. We come together. So you become a harvester. Your prayers become answered. Somebody say amen. Amen means yes, I agree, be it unto me according to your word. Amen. And so our prayers become answered. Why? Because we're not hanging on to unforgiveness. We're not hanging on to jealousy or doubt or anxiety or fear. We're releasing. I like what Marcus talked about the offering. We're releasing to God our needs and our hands are open to receive in our heart what God has for us. We become God trusters. These disciples didn't even know at the time Jesus was going to die. They hadn't comprehended it yet, let alone be buried and resurrected and then ascended to heaven. And all this thing that they taught him for three years, now they have to go practice and do. And so what's the number one thing Jesus teaches them? Hey, love one another. Everything else will take care of itself. Preach the good news. Love one another. Love the person next to you, behind you, on the side of you, the person that you're going to go to. The, I talked to someone after service today, and the person said, I have to thank you for that message. I said, you're welcome. And they said, I have to now go to the produce area of the grocery store I was in yesterday and apologize to the produce worker for my attitude because <laughs> I didn't come across as so loving. I thought, well, first of all, good for you. Because I've been there. I might be there this week. You know, act, I, man, I got to love one another. And maybe we have to remind ourselves sometimes, that's okay. Church is all right. You may fail trying this, but you do it enough, it'll become habit. Say, hey, pastor, you mean you don't love one another at all times? Man, I'm trying, but I'm fleshly, and people get in my way sometimes, and I am trying my hardest to be like some of you. So, no, I, I miss it. And maybe that'll help some of you out. Maybe you miss it too. That's okay. Pick it back up the next time and just know that God loves you 
ask for forgiveness and start loving one another. Again, can you say amen? Because when we love one another, we reveal God's kingdom. That's what, the, that's what heaven's going to be like. Hey, in heaven, there's not going to be any jealousy. There's not going to be any finger pointing. There's not going to be any, uh, you know, people that are mad at you. It's going to be like, this is like heaven. Why not start it here? Why not practice it here? We're going to be revealers of the kingdom. God gives you then authority to walk in. Why? Because he can trust you. You love each other. You love one another. You're like part of the part of God's plan, and now he can trust you with authority. He can trust you with things, and you start calling those things out as though they were. God starts to make those manifest in your life. The Spirit will speak through you, and then Jesus will know that you're a true disciple and that he's the teacher. This is important to know because otherwise we're kind of, have you ever been, you know, to a school or a party and there's just that one, one wayward kid, you know, that kid's just out of control. It's like, all right, this is like we're, we're trying to accomplish something here, you know, and it's a, a behavior thing. Well, Christians are like that. There's a behavior thing that like, Lord, you're not going to tell me what to do or, or I don't have to listen to your word wholly, only when it applies to me as a benefit. No, God wants us to start by loving one another. And when we love one another, then all of a sudden his glory comes in and we start to show his kingdom. And then last but not least on this part, you'll have joyful hearts with tender humility. So you want to know how joy takes place? Love one another. Just practice it. Just like, man, I'm, I'm gonna, that guy's not going to bother me ever again. That person's not going to get inside my skin. I'm going to love that person. And all of a sudden, you, you start to have a spirit of joy, but then you also have a tender heart of humility because you realize that joy, that comes from Jesus. Like, you can buy a new house, 15 transactions in eight years. That ain't going to bring your joy. That's going to bring a lot of work. It's going to be joyful. But joy comes when you love each other unconditionally. Tender humility comes when you realize, Lord, you love me so much. You love me before I gave my heart to you. The Bible says this as the worship team comes back. Jesus speaking in Matthew 10. In the Message Bible, Jesus says, hey, if you proclaim love, you're going to experience hate. So I want to give you the flip side for a moment. You might not always be loved when you love. Some people might think you're fake. Some people might think you're not real. It's not true. It's not really happening. So you're, you're gonna really, your love's going to really be challenged, okay? Jesus also said this. This is one really hit me hard between the eyes lawlessness, in other words, kind of some of the things that were happening in the world today, you know, we, we can't get it right politically, we can't get it right uh, benevolence-wise, we can't get it right. Lawlessness increases when our love grows cold. That's Jesus in Matthew 24. So could some of the world's problems be because the church has lost its love? We've forgotten how to love each other? We've forgotten how to take our love out into the world? Could that be? No, quite possibly. So I, I would say, you know, today in the moment, let's just repent collectively. Let's repent as a group. All right, Lord, if this world's a wreck, it's not going to be because of Grace Church. We're going to take our love to the world. Well, a couple things. Solomon says a friend loves at all times. So we need to be friends with everybody, right? Love never fails, Paul said. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful. It endures all. It keeps no record of wrong. 
I ask the worship team to sing this song, Love Never Fails. Stand with me this morning. You, you if you've never sang it before, just like listen to the words. If you sang it before, repeat those words in your heart. And last but not least, I think James says, or John, I think it's James, perfect or, in my words, unconditional love cast out all fear. In other words, love wins. And love wins for you. And, you know, books have been written about love winning and there's no hell. I believe there's a heaven. I believe there's a hell. Hell just wasn't made for you. But we need to receive Christ. So just close your eyes for a second. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But if you're here today and you say, hey, I need to practice unconditional love. But first and foremost, I need to make Jesus the, the Lord of my heart, the Lord of my life. So, Father, I ask right now, thank you for your son. Thank you for sa- his saving grace. And I receive that saving grace right here and right now. I thank you, Lord, for your undying, unconditional love towards me and for my friends here at Grace Church and those watching online. Lord, help us to be that unconditional love to the world as we leave this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Join with us as we sing this song. Let the power and love of God never fail in your life.
loose my shackles or you set me free How you made a way out of no way And turned my darkness into day You lend my joy in a time of sorrow Hope for my tomorrow Peace in the time of storm Strength when I'm weak for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. How many of you believe that God loves you today? How many believe that his love never fails? You might be surprised at the number of people that I talk to that say, you know, but, but can God even love me? I mean, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what my past is like. Well, pastor just reminded me of Romans chapter eight, verse 38, it says this, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Can you give it up for the Lord today? 
You might be dealing with shame, but there's not a devil in hell that can separate you from the love of God. It doesn't matter what sin you've committed. It doesn't matter what doubt you're experiencing. God's love is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he loves you and nothing could ever change that or separate you from the love of God. One more time, let's give it up for the Lord in this place today and just celebrate that we are loved by God. Our sin is forgiven, and it's under the blood of the Lord. Amen. I hope you heard one thing today. If you didn't hear anything else, I hope you heard that you are loved. You are loved by a God that loves you so much he sent his son to this earth to die for you. And it's not because you're a good person. He loves you because of who you are. You are a child of God. And I hope that you heard that you are loved by everyone here. Pastor went around and he said, I love you, and this is your story, and this is part of your story. And so many people need to hear that today. And I think there are people in here today that just needed to hear that. Maybe you're sitting next to somebody that just takes that for granted, but you're saying, you know what? I needed to hear that. How many of you needed to hear that today? I am loved just because I'm a child of God. You don't have to be good enough to receive love from God or from the church. You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to have any attributes about you. You are loved because God made you and he made you in his image and you are his child. Amen. So I want to pray for you today. I want you to know that love of God. And as you walk out of here, I challenge you to share that love of God with everyone around you. They're going to see it in you, but I want you to share it with the person of the produce, right? We're going to go back and redo it if you have to, but you're going to do it, all right? Let's just, let's just pray and ask God just to fill us with the love of God so that others can see it. Father, I thank you for the love that you have just graciously given to us. Thank you that even though we didn't deserve love, you loved us anyway, just like a parent loves a child, God, like a good parent, like a really godly parent loves their child, Lord not like the parents that are bad parents of God, but you are the perfect God. You're the only one, Lord, and you loved us so much. I pray that you'd help us to give us a new revelation of your love. Lord, and as we talk about loving one another, Lord, I ask that you'd help us to love our family. Help us to love our friends in a new godly way. Help us to love our neighbors and our coworkers. God, I ask that you'd help us to love our enemies. Lord, even those that just despitefully use us, I pray that you'd help us to pray for our enemies, to walk in forgiveness today, to even, Lord, with our love, to be open-handed and to say, I know you hurt me. I know you want me to suffer, but I'm gonna love you anyway. God, even as we go into this Valentine's Day, I pray that you'd bless our marriages and the significant other relationships. Help us to have a new relationship with you, God, so that even if we felt like there was shame, God, we know that nothing can separate us from the love of God. God, even if there's guilt in our life, if there's pain, God, I pray that you say that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. God, that we are walking in a new season today. I pray that that love would just help us to grow and to know that you are still on the throne, that nothing can separate us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Hey, we love you. Coming to Girlfriends on Thursday night. Sign up. We'll see you next Sunday.